Hello and welcome to another episode of the Interrobank Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Simon. Thank you for being with me today and thanks for listening. Before we jump into this week's episode of Reporter Rants, let's go and talk about some of the news you may have missed this week. Our top story, Ontario is ending the proof of vaccination policy on March 1st. On Monday, Premier Doug Ford made the announcement alongside Chief Medical Officer of Health Dr. Kieran Moore. The province will also be moving into the next step of its COVID-19 reopening plans. As of yesterday, February 17th, capacity limits were removed at most indoor public settings, including restaurants, gyms, and theaters. Capacity limits at higher risk settings, such as sporting events and concert venues, have moved to 50%. Social gatherings have also increased to 50 people people indoors and 100 people outdoors. The news comes only days after Health Minister Christine Elliott said the province had no plans to drop the vaccination passports. And more on some COVID-19 related news, the federal government announced that Canada will eliminate its PCR COVID testing requirement for fully vaccinated travel starting February 28th. Travelers will now be allowed to use rapid antigen tests to meet those entry requirements. Some fully vaccinated travelers might still be randomly selected for a molecular test at an airport, but they will not be required to quarantine while they wait for the results. The government also has plans to lift its advisory to avoid all travel for non-essential purposes. Unvaccinated travelers will still continue to be tested on arrival. But focusing on more breaking news from the federal government, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau invoked the Emergencies Act for the first time in history amid ongoing truck convoy protests and blockades. The act will allow the federal government to take special temporary measures for a period of 30 days during national emergencies. Trudeau says the act will be used to protect critical infrastructures such as airports and borders, saying this is all about keeping Canadians safe. The act also allows the government to prevent citizens from gathering or traveling to certain locations in order to protect national security and public welfare. Those involved in the protests could have their corporate bank accounts frozen and insurance suspended. The RCMP announced on Monday that it arrested 11 people participating in a blockade in Alberta. Windsor police also arrested 40 people and seized 37 vehicles as officials attempted to clear Ambassador Bridge. And lastly, a winter storm warning has been issued by Environment Canada for the London and Middlesex region. The news comes ahead of the anticipated freezing rain and heavy snow expected over the weekend. This will result in slick road conditions and reduced visibility. So for all of our Falcons going home or have some fun traveling plans to start off reading week, make sure to drive safely out there. Now it's time for another episode of Reporter Rants. With another Super Bowl come and gone, I thought it would be a good idea to bring our own Interabang sports reporter, Brad Kramer, to go over some of his favorite highlights of the game. Everything from this year's MVP to thoughts on the halftime show, we've got you covered. But before I spoil too much of what's to come, let's welcome Brad to the Interabang podcast. Well, Brad, thank you so much for joining us here in the Interabang podcast. It's just a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. So today on this episode of Reporter Rants, we're really just diving into the Super Bowl, really. I mean, you are our local sports reporter here at the Intero Bank, so I'd love to know some of your insights on this year's Super Bowl. And yeah, I mean, just starting off there, I know the as much as I can say on it, I mean, I'm not as, I'll, I'll say fluent in sports as I, I'd like to be, um, but I know the Rams ended up beating out the Bengals to win the Super Bowl 23 to 20. So kind of going from there, is there anything that you want to, a, a highlight that you want to start and, and jump right into there? Absolutely. There's lots to talk about the game. Before I get into the game, I was going to mention, usually I'm on the other side of the mic, uh, always wearing my interview attire. I know the podcast can't really see, but uh, I'm wearing a jersey, football jersey. So thought that would be fun to change up my attire a little bit for the interview. But yeah, with the Super Bowl, you know, I think it was 
just an amazing playoffs right from the beginning. So many close games and leading all the way up to Super Bowl, basically coming down to the last play. You know, it was phenomenal. Just an amazing year for football and an amazing year for the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording, (laughs) Um, but this year's MVP for the Super Bowl, um, I believe it was the Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup. And we were talking a lot about his, I guess, his playoff season this year. He won, um, like I said, the MVP scoring two touchdowns on eight receptions. So I'd love to know, kind of just reiterating for the podcast here, talking more about just his season and how incredible it really was. Yeah, Cooper Cup. Uh, I think just had the best season in NFL history from the start to finish. He was absolutely phenomenal week one, breaking out, dominating all the way up to the last drive of the game, basically doing it himself. The Rams were pretty depleted. They lost Odell Beckham Jr., their second best wide receiver to a torn ACL halfway through the game. And, you know, he just put the team on his back along with Matthew Stafford, their quarterback, and they just they got the job done. Which is insane. And I, I don't know how old he is, but we were also talking about like, he's, he's pretty young and to have like such an incredible playoff season at this age, like that's let alone, I mean, it's incredible regardless, but at such a young age, like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And you know what? I I guess I forgot to mention actually the craziest part about him being in the best, uh, having the best season of all time is one like he was the first person ever, or sorry, he was the second person ever to get the receiving triple crown the offensive player of the year and Super Bowl MVP over the course of their career, second person ever. And he just did it all this season. So I think that speaks for itself of why he just had the best wide receiver season of all time. And I think if you're not putting him at your number one receiver going forward, I would, I would have a problem with that. You know, I'd have to argue you were there. I, I know Devontae Adams on the Packers is also phenomenal, but Cooper Cup had an incredible season and he is without a doubt uh, the best wide receiver in the league now. Yeah. I mean, like I was saying in the beginning, I'm not as I'll, I'll keep saying not as fluent in the sports world, uh, but I do tune in to watch the Super Bowl every year and just watching him like fly. It was absolutely ridiculous. Um, but kind of going from there, is there any other highlights that you'd like to mention or just, I mean, we we're talking about it before, like I said, like you were saying that this year just, or this Super Bowl or this playoff season, everything about it was just absolutely incredible. So I'd love to kind of dive in there and and hear more of your insights. Yes, my my personal opinion is that I loved how these two teams met in the Super Bowl because of the storylines that they each had. You know, I think a lot of people are sick of seeing Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, so not seeing him there was I mean, for Tom Brady fans maybe not as fun, but for everyone else I think we really enjoyed that. But yeah, the storylines this year for both teams were just you don't you don't see that every Super Bowl. They were really that insane. The Bengals uh I think we were talking about before they haven't been into the Super Bowl ever. And it's been 31 years since they won a playoff game. And then they out of nowhere, no one expected it, make it to the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow, their quarterback in his second year coming off an ACL ACL tear wins comeback player of the year, drags the Bengals to the Super Bowl. It was incredible. He's the story of the season. And uh, on the other side with the Rams, they Matthew Stafford uh, was traded there this offseason. And he's always been stuck in Detroit. Detroit's probably, it's a bottomless pit. Detroit is not a winning team. They never have been. And they're not really close. They just seem to keep going backwards. But anyway, Stafford gets out of Detroit, finally goes to the Super Bowl and wins in his first season. So I think that was 
an incredible story for him. I'm so happy that he got his uh, championship ring. And then also with the coaching, both uh, both head coaches of both teams were the two youngest in NFL history. Um, and Sean McVay, the coach of the Rams, just became the youngest head coach to ever in the Super Bowl. And to be honest, I could keep going. There was that many storylines for this game. And that's just what made it so exciting. Yeah. And like I said, even as someone who doesn't typically watch a lot of sports, we'll say like it was an absolutely incredible game from, I mean, just the game going on all the way to the halftime show, which we'll talk about, too. Um, which I mean, we were talking about it before, but a lot of people specifically only tune in to watch the halftime show every year, just like my mom and <laughs> those, my grandma. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Like you're just, I had no idea even half of the things. I mean, unfortunately I didn't have any idea I do now, but yeah, like that's absolutely insane. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, it just it is insane because there really was that many storylines, like even more. The I didn't even really get into the whole Odell Beckham Jr. saga of the Rams. Uh, you know, Jamar Chase, wide receiver for the Bengals, how good of a season he had. And, you know, the last play call of the game was also very controversial. Couple controversial flags throughout the game. Yeah, there was just it was an is an incredible year for football and an incredible year for the Super Bowl. Absolutely. And like, there were a lot of views because I saw that that came out recently too. It was kind of up there. I think back in 2015 was the highest total viewing the Super Bowl had around there, around the 115 million mark. And this one I think had a little bit less than 113 million. So still pretty up there, which is insane. But I'd love to go and talk about the halftime show, which is what we were talking about. Cause a lot of people, and you were saying before, a lot of people, especially this year, just tuned in to watch just the halftime show like how many people was it again or yeah so you mentioned viewership and the viewership for the game or sorry for the halftime show was actually larger than the game itself half a million tuned in just for the halftime show and then tuned out right after the performance and three million started watching at the halftime show and then finished watching the game so it's undoubtedly a huge deal this halftime show and you know i loved it this year with so many artists, though, I felt like like none of them really had any time. Uh, but we know we did get to hear their best songs and it was an absolute great spectacle. So, yeah, absolutely. I loved it, too. And it's I'm, I guess, I guess the best way to describe it for all our audience listening is uh, kind of like that 90s hip hop. I mean, they had Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre. Um, oh, my God. Who else? Kendrick Lamar, Eminem. Like there were just so many people. And I think you're right, too. That was the one thing that I kind of noticed. It was like, oh, a lot of them didn't have as much time or I would have liked to hear this other famous song. But you're right. They did play a lot of their most famous or what they're kind of most well known for, which was really cool. And we were talking about the the setup, I guess, for it, too, before. <laughs> um, and the way it was kind of laid out in this kind of long I'll call it like a long white bungalow or something like that. I can't really, I don't know the specifics of what it was called. Um, but we were talking about before that, I mean, watching it, like you're saying on the the big jumbotron or the just at home, like you're watching it and the cameras are all pointing at these sections. But you were saying for the people who are actually there, there's a couple scenes where you couldn't really, there was like a wall blocking the performance or something like that. Yeah, I just, I think the stage was creative and I hadn't seen one like that before. But I just feel like it was still great for the viewers at home, but for the people who are actually there, I feel like for part of it, they would have had to probably just watch it on the Jumbotron because, you know, fit for 50 cents performance, for example, you know, he was 
like there was a wall behind him. So the whole other half of the arena, I'm not sure how they would have been able to see him without it. Just have to look it at the screen, but you know, I still think it was cool. And um, yeah, I just, for the viewers at home though, it was, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I completely agree. That was also a funny scene that I was like laughing at when I saw him hanging upside down 50 cent from the ceiling. I was like, okay, that's all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I loved this year's halftime show. I always love tuning in, especially to watch the halftime shows. Um, but I also noticed in the crowd, and this was kind of something I saw after the fact or realized after the fact, I'll say, was that originally, I guess the halftime show was supposed to be, um, I know it was Jay-Z. It might've been Beyonce as well, but I think it was definitely supposed to be Jay-Z. And then they just both declined, but then they still came to watch the Super Bowl. I just thought that was kind of funny after the fact and looking at that. Um but yeah, is there anything else you want to bring up just from the halftime show or anything, any specific song that you want to bring up or how like the choreograph went? And um, I guess personally, I, I loved it. I can definitely see people who weren't rap fans not appreciating it. Um, like my dad, for example, he hates rap, so he didn't even watch the Super Bowl this year. But um, yeah, no, I still think it was it was very cool. And like I said, I don't think a lot of them had time to, you know, go further into their discography. Personally, I like Kendrick the most, but he really only had like one song. Same with Eminem, only performed one song. It would have been nice to see them have a little bit more time. But, you know, I still thought it was great because, again, like I said, they did get to play their best songs. So it was still really enjoyable, but it did feel just a tad rushed. Yeah, I I'd agree with that as well. I still I really enjoyed it. But you, you brought up Eminem, too, which remind me, um, I saw after the Super Bowl, the NFL kind of issued this statement. Um, I guess a little bit of an apology for Eminem kneeling because that's a, I, I don't know too much about the whole, um, the story behind the removing of the kneeling. So I don't know if you can explain to us a little bit or anything that you kind of know about that area. Yeah, well, hopefully the NFL doesn't uh, cut off our Zoom call this time because I'm talking about one of their controversies. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it was definitely a pretty big controversy a few years ago. Actually, I think it's like six years ago now. Um, and I mean, it shouldn't have even been as big as it was, in my opinion. But anyway, Colin Kaepernick was a quarterback uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. And he began a trend that you'll still see today in other sports of kneeling for the anthem. And he was fighting against police brutality at the time. And the NFL is, how should I say it? It's very patriotic. So a lot of people weren't really a big fan of him kneeling for the anthem. A lot of war veterans love football. If you, if you see where I'm going with this uh, <laughs> and they weren't, they just weren't a fan of it. And, but at the time people just didn't understand like what he was fighting for. And I think that, that is what Eminem was paying tribute to uh, Colin Kaepernick hasn't been in the NFL since like 2017, something like that, something like that, because he basically lost his job for kneeling during the anthem and causing this trend that went rampant through the NFL uh, so I think Eminem was just paying tribute to Colin Kaepernick and it, it got, it was probably the story of the halftime show, which I think, I think it's maybe a little bit sad. I don't, I don't see why it's such a big deal, but you know, that that's, that's the reason for it. And, uh, I respect Eminem for doing it, but yeah. Yeah. It was, um, kind of reflecting it just from, from my standpoint, seeing, you know, he did kneel for quite a long time. I remember I didn't even clue in. I, I, I remembered a little bit about this whole kind of beginning of this whole kneeling controversy for the, the NFL, 
Um, but I didn't clue into it until I saw these posts kind of after the Super Bowl where they were kind of calling out Eminem for kneeling again. But it, I just noticed while I was, I guess, just watching it that he was kneeling for like a considerably long amount of time. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I didn't really clue in. I just thought it was more of his performance thing, paying tributes, but I completely forgot about that whole controversy that you mentioned. So yeah, that was in, I, I agree with, um, what you were saying before that it kind of became the whole talk of the halftime show, but I think there was a lot of other really big points and really cool things that could have been brought up. I mean, there was Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. And I mean, it, it was such an, a monumental halftime show in my opinion. So I agree with what you're saying. There's, there could have been some other things that could have also been brought to the, the limelight instead of focusing a lot on the, the negative in my opinion, but yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. And I guess I'll bring this up because it's kind of a funny little story. I'm not sure if we're allowed to talk about it, but an, a story that came from the a halftime show, which I just can't believe was a story was the fact that Snoop Dogg smoked a joint before the performance. Like, why is that a story? Like I, and I, I wanted to comment when I saw that, like in other news, water is wet. Like Snoop Dogg <laughs> is Snoop Dogg is known for that. Like, why is anyone surprised by that? But I didn't even I, see that. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. That's just, that's just who he is. He, that's like, he, yeah like, like it was like did. emerging footage of snoop dogg smoking a joint before the super bowl like wow <laughs> shocking <laughs> that's so funny oh my god i had no idea oh my god that okay in those situations it's literally just people trying in my opinion just trying to create something out of nothing i'll say <laughs> that's, yeah that's how i'll put it exactly but, oh my god i didn't even see that oh that's hilarious Wow. <laughs> um, but kind of going off of the halftime show and talking more about some commercials. And there was one that I wanted to bring up because, I mean, it's huge every year, especially in the advertisement world. Um, I believe like it is the most that you'll have to pay to like be on the. I don't even know how much it is now that I think about it, but I do know for getting an advertisement while the Super Bowl is playing and kind of being on that ad whole advertisement in between um, periods and stuff like that. It's really expensive, but there was a, a commercial that I wanted to reference. And I think it was like a Verizon commercial, just something about cable, but they used like, like it was a, like Jim Carrey was in it, but he was playing. Have you seen the cable guy? Like his movie, the yes. cable guy. Yep. Did you see that commercial where he was literally playing his character, the cable guy? And this girl was like promoting this new, I don't even know what it was like this little Verizon cordless box or something like that, like for Wi-Fi and connection, but it's just Jim Carrey being the cable guy that she's like telling all of this to. And I'm like, this is like the best Super Bowl commercial I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because this, this part is actually a little bit hard for me to comment on because usually I like to stream the American feed because they have such better commercials than the Canadian feed. It's usually pretty lame on the Canadian side. Um, and I believe that is an American commercial that you are referring to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I didn't see the commercial, uh, but I did hear that. Maybe it was because of who they had for the halftime show, too. They kind of went for like a nostalgia um, kind of theme for their commercials where last year it was very like somber, like because the healthcare workers were the only fans in the stadium. And they kind of had that theme of like, oh, during these tough times, dot, dot, dot. They always kind of had commercials like that. So this year, I think they tried to like bring the mood up a little bit and uh, kind of follow the theme of the halftime show with just nostalgia and I heard it went really well although unfortunately I wasn't able to see any of them oh yeah I I just I, I 
also looked after the fact. I mean, I've always loved those Super Bowl commercials, but yeah, you're right. They really did go for that whole nostalgic kind of theme. Like there was another one with Zendaya, but it's like using that, what was it? That like tongue twister of Sally sold, she sells, or I can't even say it, (laughs) that one. (laughs) Um, Going back to uh, voice class uh, semester (laughs) one, you should be able to do it. I know. I, oh, it's been a while. Yeah. um, Shout out to Mindy. Uh, (laughs) yeah but um you're right I I love this year's theme especially like you were saying last year it was pretty somber and the the commercial and the whole atmosphere um but this year like even just referencing the crowd like seeing that amount like that amount of people in a stadium all together like side by side it felt weird I guess is the best way to put it like I'm just so not used to seeing that anymore so when I see it I'm like whoa like what it what are they doing like I forget I don't know. It's oh my gosh, yeah. Well, be, being up here makes it a bit different as well because Ontario uh, might be might be lagging behind a little bit. But I mean, we don't need to get into uh, into that conversation. <laughs> but you know, you actually just reminded me of another thing with the Super Bowl, which is also kind of crazy. Is that last season the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl and they were the first team to ever win the Super Bowl in their home arena? Because how it works is. The Super Bowl venue is picked like two years prior. So like the 2024 Super Bowl venue is like already picked out. So it's not necessarily a home team and an away team. They usually play at a neutral site. So this Tampa Bay uh, Super Bowl venue was picked up beforehand and Tampa Bay made the Super Bowl and they won. That was the first time ever that has happened. And then it happened again this year. Los Angeles was the venue. The Los Angeles Rams won the Super Bowl. So just like the odds of that is pretty wild, but yeah, they pulled it off. So they are the second team now in a row and in history to win the Super Bowl at home. Oh my gosh. I had no idea. That's insane. I, they planned that far in advance for like the venue. It's like, what do you say? Two or like four years in advance. They, I, I might be a little bit uh, ahead, but I want to think like the 2025 Super Bowl venues, like already picked out. Like they, they pick it out like way in advance because I think they want to go. They want to pick out like certain markets and make sure kind of everyone has their chance and just stuff along those lines. But um, that's also why I think you probably saw such a stacked halftime show lineup because it was in L.A. And there were so many celebrities at the game. There usually is at the Super Bowl anyway. But in L.A., you bet like there's going to be a lot of Hollywood at the game. Yeah, there was like there was everyone, there was. Uh... I mean, Kanye, Ye, Kanye, I don't know how I'm supposed to address him anymore, but he had that, like, I don't want to call it a ski mask because it was just, it didn't have any eye holes. Did you see that? It was just like a black yeah, sheet. Yeah, I actually, I, I saw a, a joke post online of his, like, Kanye watching the game, and it was like a black screen with, like, a couple holes in it, <laughs> and it was like, he, he couldn't even, like, see the fields, but that was actually funny, too, because he was with, he was sitting with a uh, player that well formerly was on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and won the Super Bowl last year Antonio Brown and he is just he's a story in and of himself he this year just walked off the field in the middle of the game just tore his jersey off and his shirt off and then jumped on the field middle of the game and was like peace I'm out screw the Buccaneers and yeah so seeing him with Kanye who I mean is a bit of a loose cannon we'll, we'll call him that just That's seeing them together, it was like, yeah. wow, what a what a power couple right there. Just like <laughs> two two loose cannons just watching the Super Bowl together. So that was pretty funny seeing them together as well. Wow, I had no idea. I mean, I just saw him with his two kids. I mean, he has four kids, but the two of them were there. That's insane. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, my God. 
but yeah, yeah just endless stuff coming from the Super Bowl eh? just it's ridiculous yeah like that's insane I didn't even know it was wow I didn't even clue in it was in Los Angeles now that makes sense where there were so many celebrities because there was like J-Lo Ben Affleck I mean they were together like I said Beyonce J-Lo I think there was like so many, but that's hilarious. Going back to that Kanye thing, you said power I couple. Remember... I immediately thought of him <laughs> getting back at Kim and Pete. <laughs> Have you <seen> yeah. That? <laughs> oh yeah. I I don't. I try to like just tune that stuff out. That's just like <laughs> crazy to me. So I've definitely seen it though because it's everywhere. But yeah. Yeah, that's wow. That's hilarious. Um, is there anything else you want to bring up about the the Super Bowl? Anything? more controversies to bring up that's always fun to talk about i don't know about any more controversies i guess uh another one of the storylines that i guess because it's a bit, it's continuing a bit afterwards is um aaron donald is uh i mean he's probably been the best defensive player in the league for i don't know as long as he's been in the league he's really that dominant and he he actually basically made the game winning play for the Rams on defense. And there is some buzz that he could retire because they're really, and he's, I think 28 or 29, he's still in the prime of his career, but he could retire. Cause I mean, he really has nothing left to prove. He's now won the super bowl. He's won many defensive player of the years. Everyone knows that he's the best defensive player in the game. So that's kind of an interesting storyline to follow uh, in the off season. I doubt, he leaves he's still got like 52 million dollars left on his contract so for him to just give that up would be quite a statement but yeah that's still an interesting story going uh through the offseason yeah wow that's crazy and that that kind of brings up a question that I have um just I guess more of just a general football question I'm not as familiar with um the whole specifics of it but talking about retirement do you know like the average age where players tend to retire or why they tend to retire. I have a feeling it's either because their bones are finally giving out or something like they're all breaking. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. So it's definitely become more common. And I guess I should have mentioned that. And the reason Aaron Donald could retire too, is because they always talk about saving your body. Uh, He plays on the defensive line, which is basically meaning it's the most head banging, crashing into each other, probably the hardest on your body. And that's another reason why he could retire. You know, there's been many studies about football players getting CTE. I'm sure you've, or maybe not, maybe you haven't heard of that, but a lot of football players do get CTE and it is definitely a scary thing, especially with the emergence of the Aaron Hernandez documentary. I don't know if you ever watched that. If you haven't, I suggest you do. It's a really crazy story. Um, But that is a big thing. I don't know the average age of when uh, people retire. I know that it's very position dependent. Because I know quarterbacks, if you're a good quarterback, exhibit A, Tom Brady, you can play until you're 45 and be like effective. As a running back, you're basically you're a lot of running backs have very short careers because they they actually typically start off really good as rookies, second year players. But by the time they're like even late 20s and then early 30s, you just don't have that same pep in your step that you used to, and you're just going to get replaced by the next young running back. There's so much turnover in that position compared to as a quarterback. So it is very position dependent, but yeah, it usually does come just down to saving your body because yeah, CTE is scary. And you know, there's lots of studies that a lot of football players are even getting CTE in college before they even make it to the NFL. So yeah, big issue. Um, 
the NFL is always going to have and other sports do have it, but the NFL is probably the, the number one uh, sport that players come out. And there's been a lot of horror stories about people uh, in their retirement, just not, not really being the same person afterwards because of CTE. Wow. That's insane. I had, it's, it's fascinating, but it's also so scary. So I guess the main message to all the football players listening, like save your body, like you said, like that's insane. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm telling you, I, I feel like you probably haven't seen the Aaron Hernandez documentary. Like I mentioned, it, it's on Netflix and I'm telling you, you do not need to be a sports fan to watch this documentary. It is, it is shocking. I mean, if you're not aware at all, he, uh, this isn't really giving anything away, but he, is in well actually not anymore but he's in jail or was in jail for murder while he was still playing for the new england patriots um but yeah i don't want to give it away because i do suggest you watch it if you have time so yeah that uh cte played a part in that for sure wow yeah i haven't seen that documentary but now that you mentioned that i've heard the story like the actual story of it but i didn't know they had a documentary i'm definitely gonna check that out now thank you for that (laughs) yeah you're welcome (laughs) Well, I think that's everything for today's reporter rants. Like, Brad, thank you so much for joining us here in the Ontario Bank podcast. This is your first podcast. This is amazing. Yes. Thank you for having me. And I guess the last thing I'll say is uh, my Saints, the jersey I'm wearing, New Orleans Saints didn't have a great year. Uh, But, you know, hopefully we're back next year. New head coach. Let's go Saints. (laughs) Thanks, Brad. Thank you again so much. (laughs) Thanks for having me, Amy. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Interabank podcast. You can catch up with every episode on Google Play, Apple Music, and Spotify. Make sure you subscribe to our newsletter to keep up with all things Fanshawe.